Doc Rivers continues to time and time again not get it when it comes to getting... Oh! Let him play! You bet one one bone to win 19? I'm sorry. Where, what site do you use where you can actually bet one buck? <laughs> they let you do 50 cent bets. Oh my goodness, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, literally, like he dropped Superman down like the drain, comes out. Like, God damn it, Superman. <laughs> I don't know, honey. I don't know where he got that from. From Los Angeles, this is Dave in the City, part of the Dit Cow Sports Network. Now, here's Dave Medina. Good evening, sports fans, and a pleasure to have you here for the Big Baseball Show. Good to have you with us from the Dave in the City Studios at the home of champion Southern California. We hope you had a good Mother's Day. Hope you had a chance to celebrate with your mom. Uh, but if your mom is no longer with you, we, we send our blessings to you and to the wonderful life your mother had with you, we hope. And uh, But either way, we hope it was a great Mother's Day for everybody. And if you are a mom, oh, we appreciate you. Without you, a lot of us would not be possible, including myself. So uh, thank you very much for all you do. I mean that. You know, my mom is a great mom. She's always been there for me, and she cares a lot about all her children. And, 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 think, and hopefully that's no different for many of you. You know, I know it's not always the case, but, uh, but we, we're always so appreciative of good parenting, wherever it may be. So those of you watching live tonight, thank you very much for joining us on the program. We've already got a comment in from our friend RKO in the chat. We'll get to that in a moment, but uh, we're just hanging out here waiting for our friend Jerry, uh, also in Piscataway, now somewhere else in New Jersey, I believe. Um, this is a, it, I, should, I know it's kind of interesting, this is going to be a real New Jersey week for me, and I'll, I'll get into more detail, you know, if you go follow us on TheMikeFrancesa.com, I'll explain why that is, but um, but really, this is just like New Jersey all day, all night, every day for the next like three days. <laughs> it's going to be fun. So I'm looking forward to it. So we'll, let's, let's have a little bit of fun with baseball as we wait for our friend Jerry to, to join us here live on stream on the zoom. I'm hoping this is my fault. I waited until like 10 minutes before the show to send the zoom to him. I hope he finds it. And I think we're going to find out momentarily, but so the Dodgers, all right, let's, let's just get right to it. They, they have been absolutely They've just been brutal in the last week. So we, where we when we left off with you guys on the, in the city, and we had Jar on, and we were talking about how miserable the Dodgers were coming out of that Wrigley trip and then going into Anaheim, we thought, yeah, that was pretty rough. Well, maybe they'll play better against the Angels. Now, going into the series, you definitely feel skeptical about that scenario because the history of the Dodgers against the Angels has generally been bad. They have a losing record against the Angels since they started in early play. You know, a good 20, uh, let's say it was 24 years ago. Um, and but, but there were reasons for optimism, too. A, the Dodgers were in the mix in a couple of those games against Chicago. It really was the bullpen that did them in. They're starting to look a little bit better offensively in various spots. They're notably on Sunday when they played the series against Milwaukee and they had the 16-run game. Um, and then the other couple of elements that made that look a little better was the fact that Justin Turner, as we talked about last week, has been hitting pretty well throughout the entire season. And but just as importantly, Gary Sanchez was start. I'm oh, sorry, Gary Sanchez. Um, Mookie Betts is really starting to pick it up. Like in in nine days, he's really started to OPS over uh, about 900 or so, and and he was doing a really good job with the RBIs. And he did more of the same in this Angel series. The problem is. Um, everything else was a disaster. Julio Urias, who had been such a good asset for the Dodgers, even within the season, 
He had a he was four and zero this year. He had an ERA around two. He was really working the off speed stuff pretty great. But the, that first game on Friday against the Angels was a disaster. He couldn't locate his pitches. Everything kept you know, like his his slider just kept hanging up in the middle around the plate in the middle of the plate, and everybody is everybody was eating him up on that night. There were two blow up innings on the Friday game, and I believe they were the second inning and the sixth, and and he just got hammered on that night. Um, it was quite quite a mess. So. That was part one. And then the second game, the Dodgers won, but it, it wasn't exactly a feel-good story because they had a huge, thir- they had a 13-run lead, but then they were barely hanging on at the end of it. They won, I think it was 15-11. to 11. Their bullpen was just miserable. Um, and I don't see... So, um, so we'll, we'll get into more of this in a moment. We're going to take a break. I got to make sure I get Jer on the program. So, um, come on, Jer. Did I send you the wrong link or something? I hopefully I didn't. Uh, let me double check that. But well, but anyway, let me see if I can just make sure. Oh, there it is. I see him. Okay, I got our friend Jar on the program. That wasn't too that didn't, that wasn't too bad. So let me met, let him in. Do do do. See if he can hear me. We're gonna do this all on the fly. But anyway, that final game where um, Jared Walsh's base base clearing double, um, which uh, basically gave the Gave the Angels basically all the lead they needed because the Dodgers couldn't score anything on Sunday afternoon. And the Angels won the series again against the Dodgers. It has been just a continuously brutal time for this franchise. But, and I mean, and I, mean I should be specific, not, not the, not the era, of course, just this month. Like, it's been a rough, it's been a rough month. No one's going to say it hasn't been, but on we go. So let's go ahead and introduce our, our guest tonight. Representing the the, the uh, Bronx Bomber pinstripes, you can see I've got my team guard garb on too. Jared, welcome, welcome back. How's it going? Thanks for having me back, Dave. I love it. What I'm are you excited drinking? to talk some baseball. Got a nice cocktail, Yankee off day. Why not, right? Why not? Now check me out. I got a margarita. This thing is filled. It's a tall one today. Nice. What do you got? A frozen one, or you make what? What kind of margarita you got over there? Uh, this is Casadores, and Ooh. it's just mixed with like a just a store bought mix. I, I didn't have nice. To- yeah, and so I got this um, on the rocks. I like to do it on the rocks. So. I like it. I like Drink it. Drink up, my friend. Drink up. The good times Cheers. and better times. Cheers. <laughs> so those of you watching on YouTube, we're down, sipping our content cocktails here. A lot to talk about, Cap. I mean, the Yankees had, uh, unlike the Dodgers, the Yankees had a very good week in baseball. So I want to get to that first. So, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's what's up with the Dodgers, man? I don't know, dude. It's... It's it starts with the offense, right? Like the offense has been just absolutely brutal. Like it, it they can't seem to consistently score more. It, it'll runs. turn. It's the same same with us. You know, it'll turn. Bell and Dribbley coming back. It'll turn. There's too much talent there. The pitching's held up. I mean, I see Bauer has like a two ERA. Um, you obviously have Kershaw and Bueller. It, it it'll turn. But I see like you guys like two and eight in your last ten. Yeah. You're you know it's crazy to see. I mean, and you know when I did you know some over unders and I looked at your division and I just looked around baseball in general. I said. You know, Dodgers are going to hammer that over. They're going to cakewalk. And now, now look at them. Yeah. It'll uh, turn, though. Yeah, I think it will. T- the offense is definitely on track to turn. I mean, we've already seen a turn with, with bets, as I mentioned in the open before you got onto the, the call with me. Um, yeah, I apologize. I had some technical difficulties with my computer. I don't know why. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Tough spot. So, well, no worries. I'm glad you're here. Well, it's kind of my fault, too, because I, I sent you the link so late. It was so late. <laughs> 
It's ridiculous. It's, but it's easy to get on. I, I don't know if I was hitting the wrong thing or whatnot. It was just, it, I was, I had to restart my computer, make sure it zoomed. So that's why I was a couple minutes late. So. Okay, no worries. Well, anyway, yeah, I think that's the biggest problem. The offense puts too much pressure on everybody else. We know the, the bullpen has had so many injuries. Like Gratterall and, and uh, Price. And I forget who the other guy. Was. Oh yeah, Nelson. They're all on the. They're all. On, they're all out of the mix. So you're giving all these young guys, and they're even worse. So it's no one. They're not fooling anybody. Then the offense stinks. So it's like it puts so much pressure on the rotation. And I think that's what happened with Kershaw when he had his one inning, shortest inning of his career yeah. last week against Chicago. I think that's what happened. Like it just all the pressure of like, oh, I have to pitch perfectly because this bullpen stinks, and they're just gonna give away all the runs that we 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 um. You know, give away a lot of runs, so um, it'll turn. They're too talented not to. It'll turn. I, I, it, I feel the same. I feel the same. It's just, it's just funny. Like it's just weird. Like you're not used to any of that, but it's, it's only a matter of time. Like it's, we're already seeing sure. improvement. You know, so yeah. So now let's get to your Yanks. All right. So a much better week as I talked about. I mean, that's a big series win. Let's get start with the Astros series. Uh, what were the keys to the Yankees winning that one? Yeah, so it was, uh, you know, it was a, uh, it was an interesting series. Obviously, after 2000, you know, 2020, when there's no fans in the stands, there's no juice anywhere, and even the beginning of this year, you know, I was at opening day and it was completely different. Pulling up in front of Yankee Stadium, nobody on uh, on Rivera Ave. The bars were not, you know, alive like it was last time. So there really has been no juice. But I sat down to watch that first Astros game and it felt electric. It felt like it was a big game. There were, you know, the crowd was loud. There was, you know, energy in the stadium. There was energy, you know, on the field. So that was one of the games I was really into. Um, you know, even the playoff games last year, obviously you're into them because they're playoff games, but you're playing in a remote location with no fans. So it has a completely different feel. But last time, you know, even though it was only 10 or 13,000 fans, whatever it was, that game one of the Astros series, it was loud and there was some there was some juice there. So I was 100%. I was really into that. And obviously you want to beat the Astros the first time they're coming to the ballpark since, you know, 2019 when everything, you know, after everything went down. And, uh, you know, I'd said, you know, the Yankees were very vocal about, you know, the sign stealing. They were very vocal. They obviously didn't approve of it. Guys were annoyed. So, but talk is cheap. So I said, you know, you, you, you said, you had, you had, we said we had to say about it. Now go answer on the field, go, go win a series. And that's what they did. And obviously I think the fans definitely played a factor um, in this series uh, for the first time in a very long time. Obviously the pitching was great. Um, Giancarlo Stanton literally carried the offense. He was incredible, but you know, for that first game, you know, to, for the fans to be the, the way they were from the first game, second game, they were a little less and third game, they're a little less, but that first game, there was a lot of juice in the building. And when Stan hit that home run, like you, you heard, it felt like there was 30,000 people in the park, you know, the, what the hell loud it was and the chance and everything like that. So it was pretty awesome. And all I could think of is it's a sin that the ballpark's not filled. I could only imagine that scene with 30,000 plus people in the ballpark that night would have been, it, it would have been incredible um, for a May game. You know, not even a postseason game for a May game. But, you know, the keys to that series was was the pitching. You know, we held down the, the Houston offense, who's been pretty good. Um, you know, Cole was great. Kluber was great. Her mom was pretty good. Uh, the bullpen was really good until the last game. We should have swept them. We should have swept them. Um, you know, I have, my, I have my take on that game that a lot of people disagree with. But, you know, you got your ace. You know, you, he has, had an extra day rest. You pulled him early against Detroit on through 87 pitches. In my opinion, you give them the eighth inning, it's the bottom of the order. I think they did the Astros a favor by taking them out. I think every Astros player were 
was happy to see Garrett Cole sitting in the dugout in that eighth inning. And, you know, a guy in, 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 um, Chad Green, who I do trust, but the Astros have had a lot of success off Chad Green. I think he has like a five, four ERA against the Astros lifetime. But, um, listen, they went out, they won a series, which is all, you know, I asked for, obviously after they didn't sweep, it was kind of a little bit of a gut punch, but once you take a step back and see they took two out of three and they've been playing, you know, a lot better baseball and hopefully getting some guys back like Gio and Voight, I think that hopefully, well, hopefully that, that'll continue, but it was a fun series. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I mean, I think it's tough to sweep any team, but I agree. I do think that Cole was, Cole was pitching great. It was really funny about Cole's start that, that, uh, that particular day is he was pitching so great without striking out anybody. He had only yeah. two strikeouts. That's so weird. Mm-hmm. But so know. he had four. He had four for the day. Oh yeah, yeah, four. Yeah, he had, he had four for late. the day. Yeah, but he had two to end the seventh, which was one of my arguments. Is right, right. He struck out two guys in the seventh inning. Why not give him the eighth against the bottom of the order? But mm-hmm. uh, you know, it is it is what it is. But yeah, he's been pitching unbelievable. And to that game, he never really labored. It wasn't like he had to pitch out a lot of jams. It wasn't like his. 97 pitches. I didn't think they were heavy. I didn't think they were stressful 97 pitches. You know, he even said he thought he was playing, you know, chess out there, which means he was, you know, had to think a lot and, and try to get some guys out. But I didn't think his outing was as stressful as people made it out to be. I didn't think he had a lot of traffic. I don't think there was many runners in scoring position. A lot of weak contact, a lot of fly balls. I thought he pitched fine even without the strikeouts. Um, he's been a godsend this year. And, you know, the Yankee Twitter who – uh, whenever he gives up a base hit in the first inning, starts referring to Pittsburgh Cole. He's going to turn into a number three, and they're—I mean, they're—they're—they're they're, they're just insufferable sometimes. Uh, you know, they're, they're ridiculous. Cole's been every—you know—from the postseason last year to this year when he ha- actually had a normal offseason, he's been worth every penny so far. And hopefully that continues to—you know—he'll be in the conversation hopefully for a Cy Young, and you know, in the postseason he'll have to be our horse. So, well, he's perfect for that. I think that's never going to be, and that's, you know, I, I've said a lot about the Yankees rotation, but that's like the one part of it I'd never worry about. And that's a big thing. So that's like one of those rare so far. I mean, it's only been a couple of years, but yeah, but in the early going, I mean, this contract has really, been really, out. this is, I mean, obviously this is his first full season as a Yankee. Yeah. Yeah. If you talk about 162. Yeah. Duh, yeah. I agree. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So let's get to our first question. And it comes from RKO. He says, this isn't really a question, but he's just saying, I'm sick of Gary Sanchez. He shows no <laughs> energy or desire to be on the field. Enough's enough. Cap. Do you agree with any of that? What, what What's your feeling? Can you see me still? There you go. Yeah. Um, listen, I mean, he's a, he's a hot button topic. You know, for Yankee fans, <laughs> uh, Gary Sanchez, it's a, it's a, it's a continuing conversation look i mean the yankees they you know they're splitting with higgy now i mean it is what it is they're splitting with higgy um they obviously give higgy cold starts he's gonna you know i think it's gonna be even maybe 60 40 higgy depending on how on depending on how gary does but he's been struggling he's been he struggled last year i thought his 2019 was a lot better than people give him credit for he ended up as a catcher with an 800 ops higher than 800 he had one bad month if you go look at his numbers by the month he had one bad month, which dragged his whole season stats down. Um, every other month, he had an 800, 900 OPS. When everybody was hurt in the middle, in the beginning of the year in 19, he carried us. But, yeah, he, in 2020, he was almost unplayable. And, you know, he's struggling again this year. I mean, it's you can't have a you can't have him coming up and giving you no chance. Now, Gary, yes, he's been hitting the ball hard. Um, but eventually, you're going to have to see some results. And Gary's going to get some playing time, but I do think it's going to favor Higgy. 
um, you know, moving forward. And, and if, if they're both healthy, I think you're either going to get a split or it could be end up being 60, 40, depending on how, how Gary goes. Cause Higgy's a superior defensive player and, you know, Higgy's a very, very good defensive player. Um, but listen, I mean, if, if Gary starts hitting, then I think Gary's going to get some more playing time. Gary, Gary has to earn his playing time now. It's not, you know, he's not the the golden boy prospect anymore. He's not the guy from 16 or 17. He has to earn his playing time now. And if he's not going to hit, then, you know, they're going to play Higgy more. So, you know, I guess we'll have to see how this how, how it goes on with the season. But I wouldn't be shocked for two things. I wouldn't be shocked if Gary is in trade talks at the deadline. I wouldn't be shocked if, if Gary's in trade, trade talks or not even a Yankee, you know, next year. So, you know, we'll see how the season plays out. I, I would think that that might be a good – I don't know. Don't you think that there there could be some real value in a Gary Sanchez trade? It just depends on how he's hitting at that particular week. Because if he's coming off a slump, well, then no. But what do yeah, you think? Well, I mean, I, I do because I think the catching position is super thin. Yeah. Um, to be honest with you, I looked today. Kyle Higashioka is the eighth best offensive catcher in baseball. That's just and, and his numbers aren't even no. crazy. I think he has, right. a, he has a pretty good OPS. He hits a bunch of homers. He's had a bunch of homers. But the catching pool is extremely thin. And that's why I have thought in after 16, after 17, that Gary Sanchez is one of the best commodities in all of baseball because you have a guy at that position, which is a thin position, who can hit like a like an all-star outfielder, a catcher that'll give you 35 homers, 40 home runs. That that's unheard of these days. Yasmani Grandal is even having a rough year this year. So you know the the catching pool is thin, and that's why I thought Gary Sanchez, you know, moving forward, be one of the better commodities in baseball and unfortunately he's been way too up and down but I agree with you I think that somebody will look at Gary Sanchez and think a change of scenery they'll think that under the mic you know get him away from the microscope in New York get him away from the New York guys whether they're trying to change his defensive stance whatever they're trying to do with his bat get him a fresh start and I bet you they believe that he'll be able not I'm not saying he's going to be Gary of 16 17 19 but I think they'll they'll believe he can be productive offensive catcher I think that that teams will see value in that he's not old um, he has a great arm and, you know, the bat still has some power and it still has some potential. So I do think, I mean, Grant, his numbers have not, numbers have been bad. His numbers have been bad since, you know, in the years that he's bad, you know, bad in 18, bad in 2020, not off to a great start this year, but I do still think some teams are going to look at him with some value for sure. Yeah. A lot of opportunity. That's how, that's how I view it. And, uh, it's interesting that he's, that I didn't know Ishigaki goes or it got, I, I never eighth. get this. It's just insane. Yeah. To give you a perspective on how valuable the catcher position, a hitting catcher, can be, you look at the rest of the catcher, like OPS, St. Rankings, and, I mean, the guys who were – there are some guys, like you mentioned Grandal. Another guy yeah. who's a former White Sox, uh, James McCann. He's been awful, as you, we know. Are you shocked at that? Like As we know. As we know, as we know, definitely. Yeah. He's part of – He was know. on our fan. He was our fantasy catcher. I thought I thought he I, – I didn't – granted, I didn't think he would be – you know, a Yasmani type or one of these guys, but I thought he'd be able to, you know, uh, hold his own with the bat and he's been terrible. I mean, we, 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 we dropped him, right. He's been yeah, borderline did. unplayable in fantasy. He's been, he's been really rough. So yeah, you look at the catcher pool, a guy like Carson Kelly, I think is the second best catcher in baseball behind Buster Posey right now. And you know, what year is it? What year is it? You figure Buster Posey's pretty much thought he was done a couple of years ago. <laughs> so it's yeah. it, the, the catching pool is extremely, extremely thin. And that was one of my gripes with, with the Yankee fans when it came to Austin Romine too, they overrated him like crazy, like crazy. As thin as the catching pool is in baseball, when he left the Yankees, the Tigers only offered him a one-year deal for $4 million. Right. If he was that good, 
somebody would have gave him a multi-year deal. Now he's on the Cubs. He is on like the 60-day DL now. And since he left the Yankees, he has like a 540 OPS. He is what I knew he was. And Yankee fans overrated him and thought that he was like the next coming of Johnny Bench. It's crazy. (laughs) But the catching pool is extremely thin. And that's why I thought Gary Sanchez was such a commodity for the Yankees. But, you know, hopefully he's able to, you know, when he does play, hopefully he's able to produce. But, you know, I've, I've liked what I've seen from Higgy so far. I mean, he hasn't been great at the plate, but defensively uh, he calls a really good game and he's a, he's a very good defensive catcher. Yeah, no, 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 no question about it. I mean, I, I think anybody on the Dodgers would, would would love to be able to throw out guys like Gary Sanchez can. Yeah, he's got a can. And the, the, the crazy thing is, too, I think I, I think your catcher, Will Smith, is like the 10th best catcher in base, offensive catcher in baseball, and his numbers aren't even that great. That's interesting. No, I mean, I think he's adequate for the – I mean, he's just – he's he's pretty good for, for us, but yeah. – I mean, for the Dodgers, I should say. But, mm-hmm. but you know – Sometimes when you're really good at offense, it comes at a price. It's just I haven't really seen the consistency in throwing a guy out when it comes to, and I realize how hard that is. But mm-hmm. it's interesting that he's tenth. That's an interesting observation. That's yeah, yeah. I mean, he's not really, he's not really one of the guys that needs to step up as far as that lineup is concerned. Like there are other no, guys. You figure that he's a guy that if you're if you know he's able to give you someone with the bat hitting yeah. you know seventh or eighth in that Dodger lineup. That's you know that's gravy. You know, and that's- he's and. He was supposed to be one of the better offensive catchers, right? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, I thought so. I mean, I, I think yeah. – I, I don't really have a lot to complain about him specifically because he's not – like you said, he's not even that high in the order. Sometimes he hits yeah. fifth, though. I guess that just shows you how bad the lineup has been. Like, he's hitting fifth sometimes. <laughs> well, he so. got some injuries going on, yeah. so. Big time. I saw Cody Bellinger was running today, so yeah. maybe he'll be back soon for our fantasy team. He well. is at 60% running right now. There's no set timetables for when he can be 100% running. Once that happens, I think it'll, it'll be soon after that that he gets in. Um, I don't really have a real idea what, what how long that's going to take. I think maybe a month, and that's okay. I think that'd be fine. But What yeah. exactly is his injury? Uh, it was like uh, – what was a lower lower injury, I believe? It's like let – me, let me just make sure of that. So – I saw him running pretty good today, and one of my fantasy projection sites had him like projected for some points this week. So I don't know if he was gonna yeah. be back soon or what. It is a hairline fracture in his left fibula. Oh Jesus Christ! Yeah, <laughs> is that bad? <laughs> I mean, anytime you hear hairline fracture, it can't be good. But I'm sure yeah. he'll be back. You know, if, he's been out for a little while, so I'm sure he'll be back. Soon. Yeah, but but anyway, staying on catchers, like it it really is crazy how. Some of these catchers have really kind of been very underwhelming in that area. Um, I'm talking about underwhelming. We didn't bring this. We didn't bring up the Mets very much last week, but um, Lindor has been a bomb so far. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. I don't. I know Mets fans think that I'm think that I can be slanted against them sometimes, but well, I've been told today in this podcast that I can't say anything bad about them. <laughs> So you're, I'm not alone, apparently. I guess you are too. I mean, I, I, I mean, honestly, I, to be honest with you, I think the Mets have as good a chance of winning that division as anybody. I think Atlanta is going to be their biggest, their their biggest foe. I, I said from the beginning of the year, I don't believe in the Nats, and I've seen the Nats this year. They're not good. Their offense is not good. Josh Bell is terrible. Um, it's Soto and Turner. That's it. Um, you know, Josh Harrison's a nice player, but their offense is not good. And yeah. Steven Strasburg's hurt. Um, you know, Patrick Corbin is has. He has not pitched good this year. I think, you know, even though he had a decent start, he got very lucky against the Yankees. Um, I think he lowered his ERA to like seven or eight. He hasn't been great this year. Um, you know, Max is, is the guy that they got. You know, their bullpen isn't that great. Brad Hand has come out and shit his, shit his pants twice against the Yankees. So I was never high in the Nationals. I think the Atlanta and the Mets, and, and the Mets aren't even, 
you know, haven't even hit their stride yet. You know, um, their offense has struggled. Jacob DeGrom is on the IL right now, obviously. Well, he just came back. Been he, on the IL. Oh, he's back on the IL. He's back on the IL. Yeah, that's right. You know what? Today. He did have to yeah. leave the game early. That's right. That's yeah. right. So he went back on the IL today. That's but right. You look at the division, they're still in first place. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, and the Phillies, I'll never believe in the Phillies because I watched them choke another all time game the other night. <laughs> their bullpen, their bullpen's terrible. Who are they playing? Um, I'm trying to remember. They're playing Atlanta. Ah, they, they, yeah, they, yeah. they lost an all timer. I mean, they, I, I don't know. I think there'll be a, there'll be a pretty good team, but as far as, Trying to take the division, I don't believe in them. I really think that the Mets have a chance because they haven't they haven't even hit their stride yet, and they've no. won some ball games. You no, know, you're Lindor's absolutely been right. terrible. The offense has been terrible, and I was one of the guys, and I got heat for it in 2019 going into 2020. I believe it was we did a fantasy podcast, and I put Lindor towards the bottom. And I don't want to use the word overrated, but in looking at his and even when he came to the Mets, and I don't want to, I have a lot of Mets fan friends, and I don't want to come to look like I'm a Met hater, but his last like. 300 to 350 at bats it was underwhelming it was underwhelming it wasn't anything that you know i thought warranted a you know 300 million dollar contract and granted he's a defensive whiz so that's not going away anywhere but you know offensively uh, over you know and i put him during that preview i put him towards the bottom of the list i put guys like turner in front of him i put obviously guys like tatis before he blew up in in front of him i thought tatis was going to be a beast um I put guys like Trevor Story, Xander Bogarts, just from a fantasy perspective, offensively. I thought offensively Lindor was a little overrated the way that people looked at him. And, you know, now, you know, you see offensively he's struggling. Now, do I think he's going to struggle like this all year? I don't. I think he's a talented ball player. I don't think he's going to continue to hit, you know, 160, whatever it is. I think he, you know, as the weather warms up, he's going to, you know, hit his stride. But also a thing that's affecting not only him, but a lot of baseball is the dead balls. And we can do a whole hour on how Rob Manfred is toying with baseball. I mean, under his tutel, under his regime to have the ball switched three times, then you have debates. Is it, is the ball less dead or more dead than the last time? And then they juice the ball. It's a joke. He's toying with the game, you know, big time. And you're seeing it. The balls are dead and it's affecting a lot of players, a lot of players. And maybe well, Lindor is one of them. I think it needed to happen though. Because the ball was I mean, I, I have no problem. I have no problem going back to the original balls prior mm-hmm. to the juice balls. But these seem even more dead. And it's giving the pitchers <clears> – apparently I was reading that they're easier to grip. They have a little bit more grip to them. And you're seeing it. How many no-hitters have we had this year already? It's a, how, how, look at some of these pitchers. You know, look yeah, how many offenses. Yeah. So I, I, today I was, I was on Twitter and somebody had said that the number one offense this year – would have been the number 10 offense in 2019. That's how big of a difference, you know, these new balls are. So, I mean, it's not like you went back to the old balls from pre-juicing. These are even more dead, and apparently they have a better grip, and you're seeing it with the no-hitters. A no-hitter is happening every week where it's not special anymore. I mean, Rob Manfred is completely, completely shitting all over baseball, and I can't stand him. He's senile. He has no feel for the – I want him out. But, you know, that's for another (laughs) time. Let's let's look at that another time. But I do have to say – we should see what that baseball was compared to like a late 80s baseball because I feel like it's getting closer to that. And if that's the case, that's not necessarily bad. I get your point. It might be too extreme of a change. Maybe that's what you're getting at, which I think is fair. But well, I, my point is, I don't think we should have this debate, you know, that is this ball more dead than this one? And then you just, why are you toying with the game so much? Hmm. Why are you toying with the game? Why do they have to? I mean, why did the they thing have I to do get that about Rob Manfred place, is he does one thing. But then does the other to contradict himself. So he juices oh, okay. the balls, right? Right. He juices the balls, and then he continues to allow the shift. Continue, and then and then he still wants offense in the game. So he deads the balls, 
And now what? Now it's, I mean, I've seen a lot of people complaining. I love baseball, so I don't complain. I see people complaining. It's either strikeout or a home run or a walk. There's no action. It's either somebody pounded the ball into yeah, the shift, striking out. That's sort of it. Like, they think that's where I, that's why I think they need to do that because they need to force people to put the ball in play better and not just try to swing for a But right now it's even harder to put the ball in play. I know, but it's just kind of like putting the pressure on like batters to put the bat on the ball. You know what I mean? But you're right. It does seem like people are being stubborn about it, and it's creating a lot of really rough offensive games. Well, I think with the juice balls, and I agree with you, It was some of it was a joke. You know, right. some people hitting what you thought would be a foul ball, landing – you know, five five rows deep, you know, in, in right field, whatever it is. I mean, I, that that's an extreme. But what they're doing now, what it seems like and what I've read, I don't know. I've never gripped the baseball and seen but what I've read is that the pitchers have a better grip on it, which allows obviously more control, more spin, more all that stuff. And, you know, that, that it's dead. The balls aren't flying. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, you have pitchers that are, you know, Max, you know, we got Max. He had 13 strikeouts the other day. I mean, you see that all over baseball now. It, it, it's crazy. Like, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't fault them trying to go back to the normal ball but why make it even more dead than it was before i don't know it's just it's yeah just a I, know. Of, I, I see the argument i can't but i feel like we are kind of we don't i mean I, I i feel that i feel that i do it's kind of overreaction to the situation i i completely understand that yeah mm-hmm. that's kind of mm-hmm. where you're getting at and i, I agree with that yeah. um I should also make my comment on lindor because i noticed in fanduel i was you know but when he was on the indians I was noticing the same thing. It's like, gosh, this guy is worth four thousand dollars. Like, I didn't, I didn't think he was. You know, I, I, I it ended up happening. That ended up happening a lot. The Indians' yeah. offense in general was just not that impressive to me, no. over a large sample size, and it just didn't really. I mean, last year, I mean, they only had really Jose Ramirez and Lindor were like the two guys you worried about. I remember playing them right, right. in that you know bullshit postseason, and once you got through those two guys, there really wasn't much there to yeah. to make you worry. You know. Yeah. That's a great point. And, and then it, and you would get guys like, you know, Yasiel Puig. You would get guys like uh, Fred Milrace, who's actually, to be yeah, fair. Yeah, for, yeah you're right. Fred Milrace isn't a bad player. Yeah, you're he's right. He's actually right. picked it up, but he looks yeah. right this year. You're so, right. Yep. What it's worth. But yep. but you're right. There's a lot of that. There's a lot of that. And then, and yeah. some of the better players on their lineup, so the supporting players are now on other teams. You know, uh, the great example is Brantley, who's now on the on the Astros. Yep. And, yep. But it's I mean, just, that, that team, they were that – 2017 team who the Yankees beat they were loaded they had the pitching they had you know Andrew Miller in the book they were they were loaded they had Kluber they had Bauer they were loaded and the Yankees went out and beat them and they obviously had the Ramirez they had Lindor they had Bruce when he was actually good you know they had a really really good baseball team and ever since the Yankees beat them it was all downhill downhill from there yeah and yeah and then, then like Kluber started to, and then they got rid of guys the injuries they, started happening yeah yeah and their bullpen looked awful like like a couple in the last couple of years. It's really yeah. funny. I mean the crazy thing is like they're like last year they they had had one of the best bullpens of baseball with Karen Chack and um you know some of these other guys and you know obviously they had Carrasco uh, who was a starting pitcher who's now is a Met and can't get on the mound, but they had arms in the bullpen, they had arms in the rotation and you know their their offense to me was was never that good. And um, that's why I kind of got frustrated last year in the second game. We gave up a lot of runs to them, but we ended up winning the game. But uh, I believe they had Brad Hand last year too. They had Brad Hand, they had Karen Check. They had a re- they had a really good really good bullpen. Um, it's just now you can see you know Hand's gone. Um, obviously Lindor's gone. 
know, that team, I think, you know, what's going to happen with Jose Ramirez in the next couple of years, they're kind of headed what I think is for semi-rebuild. But the good thing with them is they're always producing pitchers, as you know. You know, Savali, Plezak, McKenzie, they always have these arms that have potential. So as long as you have that, you know, a rebuild might not be a long thing. You know what I mean? As long as you can throw two or three guys out there to give you a chance to win, get a little offense, you got a shot there. Yep. Yeah, I think it's fair. I mean, the pitching does seem, at least the rotation seems to continue to be a pretty good asset. And what about that guy that we were talking about, too? Um, Mick, what is his name? But uh, McKenzie. McKenzie, yeah. McKenzie, yeah. yeah. Oh, you just mentioned him. Okay. Yep, yeah, yep. he's one of the guys for sure as yep. well. Um, all right, so this in from, from Matt. He says, hi, Jerry. It's Matt from the Beijing office. I couldn't find any other way to teach you or to reach you, I think. Please call me when you get a chance. There was an unfortunate incident in the second floor men's room. <laughs> That's got to be T.I. or something. I think it's someone else. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good one. Uh, so if you have any baseball questions or other incidents to report, feel free to put them into the YouTube chat right underneath this 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 video feed if you're watching us live tonight. And thanks for joining us, everybody. We have a nice audience with us tonight so far, and we'll keep taking your questions for the rest of the program. So, um, so we were talking about the Indians and what they are struggling with. Um, There's a connector, and I forgot what it was. But, but uh, the idea is, um, yeah, I totally forgot what I was going to get into. I was going to get into the White Sox. They're doing okay. White Sox are playing pretty good baseball, yeah. even amiss all their injuries. Yeah, they have, and they've had some uh, big ones. Like Luis Roberts out yeah. basically the rest of the yeah. season. Robert a, Jimenez, they got some. They got some yeah. pretty big injuries for sure. You got to give it for to sure. them. But, I mean, they, you know their pitching's good, and I've said this from the beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, they probably have the best you know pitching staff in the AL between Lynn, between Giolito, between Dylan Cease has been awesome. They got a really really good pitching staff. But I will admit, I was. Very, very concerned about the Yankee pitching. You know, uh, bringing Cole and to me it was a bunch of question marks. You right. have two guys who hasn't pitched in two years. Herman who hasn't pitched in two years. Like basically three guys who haven't pitched in two years for the most part. Um, and to their credit, the pitching has been what's kept us alive. The offense and the offense consistency is my concern now. Um, obviously, like I said, getting Gio and Voight back should help. But you know, Glaber, who's starting to play a little bit better, but he's had a major power outage. Clint Frazier, my boy, who I love has made me look like a fool. He's regressed. He has not been the Clint Frazier that he's been in 18, 19, or 20. He hasn't been able to do anything. Um, we're getting nothing from the right field. I'm mean, nothing from left field, nothing from center field. Um, you know, we're getting nothing from first base. So, you know, the offense consistency was my biggest thing with the Yankees now because they're pitching and their bullpen has looked really good. To my surprise, the rotation is held up and hopefully Luis Severino could follow up behind that in the next couple months. So, um, I'm optimistic about the rotation now. If they can stay healthy, I'm optimistic for sure. Well, it's certainly going to get you through a lot of these regular season matchups against a lot of teams. It'll be mm. interesting to see what happens in the postseason, but that's not a conversation for that, today. Yeah, No, you're right. You're right. The, like we discussed, <laughs> do I feel comfortable yet handing any of these guys into game two behind Cole? Not yet. You know, they've yeah. looked, a lot of these guys have looked good, but I'm not, I'm not there yet, you know? Yep. So we'll see how the season progresses. Yeah, and I do want to go back to the Mets for a bit, and I, I, I tend to do – I actually agree with a lot of what you said because – got to do me a favor, though. Tomorrow you got to tell Gates that I was nice to the Mets. So, uh... Okay, I said I said I had – you know, I was honest about Lindor because I'd said it prior to him being a Met, but I was nice to the Mets. I said that I think they could win the division, so – and he feels the same. I know I've seen his posts on the MikeFrancesa.com about it, and he says that they're right there. 
And um, they are. I mean, uh, the division is not as good as people think. I think Atlanta I will turn it on. I think there's a ton of talent with Atlanta. I think they will turn it on, and I think it's going to be Atlanta and the Mets. I think the Phillies will be an annoyance, mm-hmm. but I, I, I really don't believe that the Phillies with their bullpen and, you know, they're off. I mean, I guess their offense is pretty good, but their bullpen, I don't believe, is going to be able to be there. Uh, I think, the, you know, the, Edwin Diaz has been pretty good for the Mets. Everyone hates him. I think he's been pretty good this year. <laughs> and he has the most fire entrance song. That thing fires me up. So I think I think I think it's going to be a two-team race. Maybe the the Phillies are an annoyance, but I think the Braves and the Mets are going to be battling this year. Yeah, it's a good rotation. That's the biggest thing, right? Like, especially mm-hmm. when Degrom was rolling in the big in the first month of the year up until his injury. He he, you just can't you couldn't hit him. Well, that's the thing in the postseason too. You have a guy like that, and you've seen it, you know, in the past with guys like Bum. You he can carry you through a series. If he pitches twice and he can win you two games, you know, and you can figure out to win another. He'll he'll win you a series, you know. So and Jacob Degrom is almost unhittable, you know, when he's out there. So, you know, you get in the postseason with DeGrom, you have a chance, especially you'll get, obviously, Syndergaard back. And, you know, Steve Cohen, he's not going to stand pat. If he needs a piece, he's going to go and get one. You know, you saw him pay, pay Lindor. You know, if there's somebody out there on the, on the market and he has to take on money, he'll do so. So I think the Mets will have as good a chance as anybody else in that division to, to win the division. How would you evaluate Stroman's season so far through about a month and two weeks? It's been pretty good. Um, you know, I'm not the biggest... You know, I think that Stroman's a good pitcher. I know when there was some uh, talk about him coming to the Yankees, I didn't think that he was the answer, but I would have taken him because we our rotation was that thin. Um, but I, I think eventually he's not going to have to be the guy. I think he can slide in as a number, you know, it, depending on if Carrasco comes back or in how, how Syndergaard comes back. It's very possible that, you know, after the All-Star break, he might be able to slide in as a three or four, and he'll give you, per, you know, perfectly fine production from that slot. Um, he's been pretty good so far this year, but I wouldn't say he's somebody that I, you know, that I'm afraid of, you know what I mean? But he's, he's been pretty good this year, but like I said, if they're able to get, you know, Syndergaard back and at some point get Carrasco on the mound, um, you know, he, he doesn't have to be anything more than a number three for them, which, which I think he is, he's capable of doing. Oh, it's a great spot for Stroman. Absolutely. Cause yeah. I think when they signed him, like they were thinking of him as a four. So that's even better to have him as a three. He'll be fine. I think he's going to be yeah. fine. Yeah, I agree. Um, let's go. Let's go get some more questions, guys. If you have a question for us, and this includes fantasy and daily fantasy questions, please send, send them in in the chat. You have anybody in the room? Uh, we have a few people here. We have okay. um, uh, you know, about a you know, good. I'm not gonna say huge, but pretty good group of uh, folks uh, joining us on 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 stream as we speak tonight. So I think much of our board is represented here in the chat. Um, What's up, look- boys? Yeah, it's good to catch you. Uh, those of you watching on YouTube, my name is Dave. I'm on the left-hand side if you're watching on the YouTube feed. On the le- on the right-hand side of your screen, you see Jerry Well with his cocktail. We both have cocktails tonight. Mm-hmm. Still good baseball season so far. Um, granted, not without its own warts. We talked about that already. But, um, yeah, I think there have been, there have been some good some good, there have been some, some good teams, good surprises. I mean, we talked about the Red Sox. Actually, I consider them to be a good surprise, too. I think they've been... All right, like, you know, like I know maybe they shouldn't. Been, put they over. have to, the, the, you know, they're in they're in first place, but <laughs> I, t- I right. bet you within ten days the Yankees will be right there. Well, really and that. that's what Andy was saying on Twitter, like yeah. in, in at Bach Lu Lang LLP on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, but he's been very clear. He's very adamant that they're gonna fall back. They're gonna regress to the mean before. I just don't. Long. I don't believe in their pitching. I think their mm-hmm. offense is very good. And last year I thought their offense was very good, and it surprised me how big of a. You know, JD Martinez looked like like he didn't care last year 
Um, you know, Devers looked like he was regression. I mean, their, their offense last year, they had the names, but they didn't produce. And, you know, and now Alex Cora comes back and who knows, you know what he's doing, but um, their offense <laughs> looks, looks a lot better this year. And yeah. I always, they have the names there. Their offense you knew was going to be pretty good, mm-hmm. but the pitching, I mean, come on, Dave, you, you go into a series and, and, and a big game, a big series and you're facing Martin Perez, Nick Pavetta, Nick Pavetta yeah. and, uh, and Garrett Richards. Does that scare you? No, no, no. Is that, does that those worry are clowns. You? Yeah, those guys are clowns. I mean, yeah, it, yeah. That, to me, like, they don't they don't have the pitching. Their offense is very good. I mean, literally, they, they should have lost. I, th- I think they split a series to the Tigers recently. They should have lost a series to the Tigers. They were giving up seven, eight runs a game to the Tigers. The Tigers came to the Bronx and didn't belong. You know, they were awful. So, you know, seeing that, you know, the Tigers, you know, smacked the ball all around Fenway. The Red Sox offense really carried them that series, which, you know, the, the Tigers pitching stinks, and that's what the Red Sox offense should do. Um, I think the Red Sox are a better – I said it in my podcast uh, earlier in the season. The Red Sox are a better team than people think um, because of the offensive names, but the pitching to me in the bullpen is just – you know, Matt Barnes is good. The kid Whitlock's been good. Um, but we'll see if that continues as, a, as the year goes on. We all know Adam Adovino stinks. He's a garbage. <laughs> he's trash bag. He's terrible. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're, they're better than people think, but I uh, give it 10 days. And I think the Yankees will be right there. I'm only, you know, two, three games back as it is. So the Yankees have a stretch in July that I think is going to define their season. I think they play a series against the Red Sox, then a series against Tampa, then a series against the Phillies, then a series against the Red Sox. Again, it's a, it's a, it's a gauntlet of, uh, of series. And, and the thing with the Yankees that, I, you know, granted, I know that they play the long game, but Aaron Boone likes to give guys rest. And to me, you know, sometimes you kill motivation, um, momentum. You know, you go into a series and you know, you're riding high, then you lose two out of three because you're sitting guys. That kills your momentum. Um, but, you know, in July, we'll see where everybody is. But I think the Yankees will be right there by the Red Sox. Give it 10 days. Give it 10 days. And where where do you see Tampa Bay in the middle of all that? So, I mean, I thought Tampa would regress big time this year. I mean, they're all, they play us very tough. They play us very tough. But I, I see them – you know, play other teams around the league and other, other teams around the league have, have success against them. Um, they have, they have some arms, but you know, they lost Blake Snell. They lost, um, what's his name in Atlanta? Um, Charlie Morton. Um, they lost, you know, two of their three big starters. Their pen has been ravaged with injuries. Their offense is uh, strictly besides like two or three guys are all platoon guys. I mean, I, they're a beatable team. They play us extremely tough, extremely tough. But I've seen other teams around Lee have, have success against them. They're still a good team. I think the Yankees and the Red Sox are better, but I think they're still a good team. So they'll be kind of – they'll be in the mix as well. Um, but we'll see if the, – the big thing about last year is I didn't – I think that in a short season, the, the depth is not tested. And I don't know over 162 if the Rays have the depth to get through 162 as one of the top teams, the way the roster is constructed right now. Um, you know, Wonder Franco comes up and he plays, you know, he gives you like a Gary Sanchez 2016 where he fuses life and he's hitting everything over the over the fence. And, you know, you don't know. But I think, you know, as far as the pitching, what they've lost, uh, the injuries in their bullpen, guys have lost for the year. Um, their bullpen's definitely taken a hit. I don't know. I mean, they're, they they play really good baseball. They still have some some good players. They still give us fits. So I think they'll be in the mix. I just don't know if they're as good as, as the Yankees. And I don't. And the Red Sox, you don't know. Their offense is going to mash. Their, their offense is going to carry them the wins. But they're pitching. If I'm going into a series, like I said, a big series against the Red Sox, and it's, you know, we're lining up Cole against 
Richards or Eduardo Rodriguez, who's been pretty good, or we're lining up, you know, uh, Kluber against Dick Pavet. That doesn't worry me. You know what I mean? That doesn't mm-hmm. worry me. So I guess we'll see. We'll see what happens. But I think the AL East is a better division than people gave it credit for. I think the uh, the Blue Jays are going to start playing better baseball. I think they have a lot of talent there. The Rays are going to be pretty good, and the Yankees and the Red Sox. That was I really I was actually very interested to hear what you thought about the Blue Jays too because that was a team a lot of people had their eye on and I'm actually rather surprised that their offense has been so slow. Maybe it's the the Me dead too. baseball, but uh, certainly we didn't think much of the pitching staff except for you. Yeah. Um, but the, the the lineup really really does surprise me. I'm gonna show you. I'm gonna show you something. Um, and you got to remember, Springer has barely played a game, so yeah, for what it's worth, that's true. That's that's yeah. true. That's true. But let's look at where they are in the WRC yeah. plus rankings. You can see Boston's yep. number one, so you were right yep. about that. Uh, mm-hmm. Dodgers are still right there, despite having played like bad baseball for like yep. two weeks. Um, and then down here in thirteenth, ninety nine OPS plus. It's pretty bad, like for yeah. the names on that team. Um, I was expecting yeah. more. I really thought that they'd be doing more, but like you said, Springer's not there. Uh, but there are some big names like Bichette and and um, Guerrero Jr. Guriel's good. Yeah, Guriel's good, right? Right. But yeah. so I don't know. I mean, Biggio. Yeah. It. I feel like it's just a matter of time for them too, though. Like maybe when I think they, so too. I and, and you got to remember, they're not. You know, it, it's different. They're not playing in the Rogers Center. They're not playing at home. It's, you know, they're playing in spring training parks. It, it's it's weird to go into a series against them and, and basically play in, in a, in a glorified spring training park, whether it's in Buffalo or in Florida. I mean, it's, it sucks for them, you know, um, you know, not that the home field advantage be crazy with the fans or whatever, but these guys aren't even living at home. You know, it's one thing, you know, Yankees go to Yankee stadium fans are no fans are sleeping in their own bed. They're comfortable. You know, the, these, these guys are pretty much on the road all year. You know, it's uh it's tough. It's tough. But I do think as the weather warms, I do think they'll get going. Like you said, there's a lot of names in that lineup. I still think Biggio is a very good player. Bichette is tremendous. Um, Vlad Guerrero Jr. has really turned it on this year. They'll get Springer back. I think I think they'll they'll start to get going because I think there's a lot of so a lot of talent on that team. Yeah, certainly a lot of talent. I I think I think it's just that's just too many bats to not to not start to break out, even with a dead ball after a while. So um, we'll shift it to the NL then. We've talked about the and the NL West in fair amount of depth. Um, I find it interesting. No questions in the queue. I have not seen any. It's a little surprising. Mm. Not as much juice as last time. But so if you have a question for the queue, please put it into the chat. Uh, write in a, your MLB question, and we'll we'll take them. Uh, we'll take the, we'll take it immediately. Honestly, we, we we don't have we haven't had as many questions as last time. No, but, last time it was rapid fire. Oh, I know. It was, it was really good. So. I guess that you know we could always try another lunchtime show later on. Maybe that's that was the magic number. Yeah, maybe, maybe people are busy at this time. Yeah, you never know. You know, there's a lot going on. Um, so anyway, we'll keep going. We'll we'll, st- we'll swing it west a little bit and get into the uh, the NL West. Uh, yeah, I, mean, I don't really have a lot to say. I, I think it's interesting that the, the Giants have been doing very well. In fact, the run differential bears out that their their record so far. They're twenty and fourteen. Um, a couple of things I want to say about the what make what puts them there. I mean, they hit a lot of home. They've hit a lot of hormones last year. I can't really speak to exactly what they're doing this year, but uh, it's an interesting lineup for sure. I mean, between Dickerson and and Yastrzemski, guys like that. I mean, they they can put up runs once in a while, but I think what it is is that they've got some good pitchers. Not the bullpen. The bullpen is bad. It seems like a bad bullpen, but you got guys like Kevin Gaussman. They got our boy Gaussman, baby. Yeah, he is. I was and I was I was ready for it. I was like, I think he's gonna have a great year. Yeah, and he yeah. looks awesome so far. Yeah, 
That was a good pick for sure. Yeah, for so, sure. So that that anchors a pretty good rotation. Um, so I mean, the Giants I think are going to be there. I just don't know exactly how sustainable it is. But the run differential is a good sign because that's that's a really good sign. Because if you're getting there and your run differential is like you know ten or less, then yeah. you're probably just getting some luck. You're getting some close games. You're getting a lot of runs. Maybe you're not doing so much with the pitching. But uh, that might stretch him. It's early, though. It's early. Padres, it's interesting. That's that's also interesting. But I think they've been dealing with injuries off and on. You know, Tatis was out for a good part of the beginning of the season. He just got back. So, um, I remember it's early. I mean, we were talking about the Royals, and the Royals are one of the teams I picked my over on because I really like what they were doing there. And they had one of the better records in baseball. Then <laughs> I just lost eight in a row. So, you know, it's it, things can change really quick. I'm not surprised. I don't think their pitching is that great. I think that's it's what... not it's not I just like you know some of the young talent that they had some of the guys that brought in mm-hmm. and I thought their number I forget what the number was but I thought it was a very favorable number where I think they can go over but mm-hmm. you know we'll see what happens they, they start out hot and then all of a sudden they've literally just tanked lost eight in a row <laughs> yeah I mean I really do think that the lineup's here to stay though I, I th- those guys are good like you know Mondesi Jr. and um and Merrifield Merrifield and... oh absolutely and then yeah. Uh, who else? Oh, I mean, our guy Salvi, that guy. Yeah, he's been great. He's been good. He's, he's been great. Good. He's right up there with. Let's the see, catcher. are they playing tonight? Let's see this guy. No, well, they're. It's a pretty light. See now, I talk all that about the Red Sox offense. Uh, <laughs> guess, guess who hit a home run tonight? Mountcastle. Oh, get out of here! Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I hope we were starting. I hope I was starting him. I hope so. He man. was. Te- yeah, he was bad though. So. He had been bad though. He had a bad week. Yeah. Good for him though. Good for him. Good for Mountcastle. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, we can talk some fantasy too, man. Yeah. We gotta get. We gotta. We have to get. They have to get Herman Marquez out of Colorado. <laughs> if you look at his numbers, Dave, it's crazy. So, yeah. he was one of the guys that I wanted for the Yankees in the offseason. And people don't because he's in Colorado. People don't understand. So if you pull pull up his numbers on Fangraphs coming into this year, he, in the past, like since nineteen, he's been like a top fifteen pitcher in baseball. But because he's in Coors Field, people don't understand that. Because Coors Field has screwed up, you know, his numbers. But if you look at his peripherals and look at his advanced stats, he's a top 15 pitcher in baseball. And we have him. We have to get him the hell out of Coors Field, man. <laughs> at the Ted line, hopefully he goes somewhere where he can big ballpark and he could, you know, be 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 a stud for us. He's only 26 years old. Yeah. He's got good stuff. You know, I, I'm hoping that, you know, uh, the, the, the Rockies should be selling everybody with any value. So I'm hoping that at some point he's able to be, be traded. He's got the the Rockies are going to be very motivated to clear as many assets as they can and get some. For sure, they should be. I, I agree. I think they're going to do it, actually. So, watch for that at the deadline. I, and as to where he goes, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it just depends who's going to give up the most assets. Where are the Yankees farm right now? Like they've given away a lot of assets recently. So, do you think they'd be in position to get them? I mean, I think they could. They have you know this mm-hmm. kid Floriel who has four home runs in six games. Um, a lot of the Yankees, the crazy thing is the Yankees, for once, they have arm talent. So they have, you know, Garcia, who's been the number one prospect, you know, in their in their division. And their, um, it was either him or Schmidt. Schmidt's been hurt, unfortunately. I thought maybe he could have been a factor this year, but he's been hurt. But they have guys like Luis Gill, Luis Medina, guys who have really, like, high-end arms that people are um, people are high on. So, uh, and a guy like, like I said, Esteban Floreal. So while their farm is not because I think they have a lot of young talent. Um, I think if they wanted to get a guy like Marquez, they, you know, obviously Jason Dominguez isn't even with a with a team yet. You know, he's still at the, at the spring training site. So they have a lot of young talent. But I think if they wanted to go and get a guy like Marquez, I think we do have some pieces that would be able to get him. I, I do. I do. 
I think it's going to be a very competitive trade market for him, without a doubt. So it'll be it'll be very interesting. Um, I, I I think in in fantasy terms, you're looking at guys with a lot of strikeouts. I I think it creates a couple of interesting scenarios. Like you get some guys who are very good pitchers. Like I I noticed that Hendricks continues to be a very solid pitcher for Chicago. But, he's had his he, he's had his days where he struggled too. Yeah, yeah. no, no, and, definitely. And you know, I you know, saw Dave, one. You know, you yeah. know what's crazy? The guy who everybody wanted this offseason, the guy who people were saying, you know, uh, trade Glaber Torres for Luis Castillo's been terrible. Ooh, that's a good call. He's been terrible. It's even with the new balls and the devil. He's been terrible. Oh wow, he's been terrible. You know, Beeps called that. He he was not buying that guy. He's never no? been a big. He's never been a big Luis Castillo fan. Yeah, yeah. Like Serrano, New Jersey, he was not a fan at all. So maybe that vindicates him. Um, and it's interesting because the Reds have been doing pretty well. I didn't check what their record is. but They're, win- they're winning right now. They're playing Pittsburgh. They're winning right now. Okay. Okay. I have Maley in my other fantasy, and he went he, – he was one out away from a quality start, and they pulled him. Oh. <laughs> and he has a 6-1 six, six, lead. How many pitches was he on? I don't know. Did I got to check. I just looked at, I just looked at the box. Uh, well, we had the opposite situation yesterday with Wainwright. Remember where yeah. they they catch they just kept him in way too long. I thought I was like, mm-hmm. why is he even pitching the ninth inning? Like he had a great start. Like he didn't yeah. even put him out there. What the heck was that? But uh, he got away with it. But that I was know. way too exciting. I thought. So, it is what it is. Wainwright having a great year for the Cardinals. I mean, I didn't he know is. he was still in the league, but I know. good for him. It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. So you know, control I think does a lot of the job. Um, for sure. If you're talking about like guys who can give you value as a starter, so guys that aren't really talked about a whole lot, who do you look to in those scenarios? Eduardo Rodriguez, man. As much as I hate the Red Sox, I remember doing two fantasy podcasts back-to-back years, and he's a guy that I said, if he's there late in the draft, grab him because he's been productive. I saw a, twi- I saw a tweet today. I forget who tweeted it, but the Red Sox record is like 53 and like 12 in like Rodriguez starts in the past couple years. He He's effective. You know, He's not an ace. But he goes out there and he'll give you a chance to win every time. And he's a lefty and he's he's a tough pitcher. So he was one of the guys that, you know, when I give whether it's sleeper picks or, you know, guys to look late, um, Eduardo Rodriguez is one of the guys that that I definitely look at. And the guy that that I just mentioned is Mali or Mali, however you say his name. Um, he, last year, he kind of broke out. And you saw even like his advanced stats look really good. So he was a guy that I thought – you can get later in drafts as well this year. And he's a guy that I actually picked up last year that ended up, ended up keeping or whatever, but he's, uh, he, he, he's another guy who you can get, you know, value wise late in drafts, you know, last year you can get late in drafts. Yeah. And I wonder if, if Gausman is, is part of that too. Oh, I think so too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That was my guy. And I, I, I yeah. really did. I, I thought, no, I saw him. And the reason why I was big on him was because when I, I had a couple of fan duels last year, and he was striking out everybody. I'm like, how is he only like eight thousand dollars? Like, I couldn't believe he, it. Yeah, he's great. He was stuff. awesome. He's unbelievable. He was awesome. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, look. I mean, look. You look at our pitching staff at fantasy. It's crazy. We have yeah. Walker Bueller. We have Tyler Glass now. Mm-hmm. We have um, Gosman. We have uh, Max Scherzer, who I told you he still has some juice. Yeah, left. I, I wasn't big on, on him. Max you, you convinced me. You had to convince me yeah. on that one. Yeah. He still has some Good juice left. So he's, he's got we it. have yeah. Matt. Think about Max, right? Yeah. Like. When he got his contract, did you ever think that in the last year of his contract he'd be doing what he's doing? You figured, all right, the back end's going to be bad. He is still a top flight pitcher in baseball in the last year of his contract. That is really remarkable. Yeah, because you don't you don't see that often. Even with CC Sabathia, like 
those kind of guys who get those big deals, they're usually, you know, with the innings on their arms and how the teams like work them like a workhorse at the, at the end of the contract, they're usually done. He's, he can go get it. Not saying a big deal, but somebody will give him another deal next year. It's amazing that he's in that position. Because normally you're washed by then. I pray that's what Garrett Cole does. Hopefully. I pray that's Garrett Cole. Yeah. I, I mean, if he can pitch like he did on Thursday, very good chance it happens. Because if he can do like relatively stress-free, low pitch counts, not a lot of yeah. – Sometimes not a lot of strikeouts is a good thing because it means – Yeah, you're right. The pitch <laughs> count gets elevated. Well, you yeah. saw with Max. Max threw over 100 pitches, and you know, which I thought the Yankees should have did. They gave Max the eighth. You know, a guy got on, then they pulled him. You know, they, they you know, I like I said, that game I thought the Astros were happy to see Cole sit in that dugout because they've had success against Green. Yeah. They've hit Green many, many times. So um I thought that they they were very happy that that uh Cole was in that dugout. But you're right. I mean, if you know, I'm hoping that, you know, Cole can be that kind of guy like Max or even like Verlander. You know, Verlander before he got hurt, age 35, 36, he's still one of the top pitchers in baseball. Yeah, good call. I mean, I did I did kind of call it with him though, when because he did eventually get hurt. But I didn't, but I, I I think that's I think I'm that's a bit of a reach to say I called that. that. No, but no, you're right. I, you know, as you get older, you always risk that. Yeah. But yeah. you know, before he got hurt, he was still a very good pitcher. And yeah, Max, absolutely. obviously, he had in no his hitter. last deal. He's a really or good did, pitcher. So I'm hoping that yeah. Cole th- can be that. I'm hoping he can he can be that. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I think that last year before he got hurt for good, basically, it seems like uh, Verlander had a no hitter, and I think it was a perfect game in Toronto. Remember that. Yeah, of course. Yeah. It was a great game. Yeah. Uh, so, so the question in. Uh, it's into the text though. So I got a text from O Baby. He asks, "Okay, should baseball try to do something in quotations about the plummeting batting average and soaring strikeout rate? If so, comma what? Or should they just accept it as part of how the game has changed?" It's a good question. It's a good point. You know, a lot of people are think that you know it's it's you know baseball is boring. A lot of people think that. Um, you know, they don't like it. The game is going in this direction. And, you know, I want to, I'm going to do a podcast where basically, you know, it's called Rob Manfred and how to fix baseball. And this is one of the things I think they could do. Sure. I think that you want to have some more action. And I think that one of the big things is the shift. Um, I'm not saying to ban the shift. I think you can modify the shift. I think that, you know, asking the way that baseball has evolved and saying, Oh, the guy should, they should, they just have to learn how to hit the other way. It's very difficult with the nastiness of these pitchers throwing, you know, 98 to 100 miles an hour with movement and on your hands to think that a batter can just take the ball the other way, no problem. It's extremely, extremely crazy to ask. Um, some guys have the capabilities to do something like that. A lot don't. Um, also, you're taking away a lot of these power guys, their alley. You know, you want to see them hit the ball hard, drive the ball over the fence. And, you know, with that shift, there's a lot of line drives that are taken away that are, that could be base hits, even doubles. I mean, I see balls fielded in shallow right field that, you know, might have might hook into the corner. You know what I mean? It's, it's crazy, but you know, to old baby's point, which is a, a, a good question. I think eventually they will, because I think that people are going to get sick of the, home run or nothing, or, or like I said earlier, the no hitter this year is not even, you're not even, when somebody has a no hitter going, you're not phased anymore because it's happened, what, four times already this year. And, it, and it's, and it's already, you know, only the early, early May. How many times have we had no hitters this year, Dave? Has it been four? It's been at least three. I think, I think yeah, three or four. At least and three. And it's early May. I, so. I remember, let's see, there was one, geez, the other day, I think 
and, and to your point, I'm like, I see you're like, oh, someone had no header. Who cares? Like, I don't. Yeah, I used right. to get so jacked course, when someone had yeah, a no-hitter. used to make sure you run to the TV yeah. and want to see the celebration. Especially out. now with, like, the seven-inning doubleheaders. I think it has been four because um, Bumgarner's counted as no, a, 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 a no-hitter. I know. So I do think I do think that they will, and I do think that they should do something but what in the would future. They, but what kinda... could they do, like, specifically? Like, would they, would One they of the things the for shift? me is, is the shift. Uh... I, I, I think that a lot of these, you know, how many times you see a ball rocketed, fielded in, in short right field, or a ball that's smoked up the middle, a guy standing right there. I think, I'm not saying to ban it. I think you modify it. I think there has to be a way you can modify the shift to keep get more action going, it's gonna be like, to get more offense yeah. in the game. Would they do they paint balls, lines on the dirt, I guess, to indicate like where they can go? I thing? think you can use the bases and I don't I don't know how oh, they okay. would do it. You know, that's you know, that's way above my pay grade. I'll have to look into it a little more, but I do think modifying the shift would help offense in baseball where Maybe. you know when balls are put in play, they're not, you know, ground outs or, or line outs to to short right field or or whatever it is. And I also think, like 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 O'Baby said, you know, if it's all strikeouts and walks and homers, that's you know, a lot of people think that's that's boring. It and is. if you want to grow the game, that's not a way to grow the game. And that's been one of Manfred's things. And I think he's done the complete opposite of as far as growing the game. Right. Um, but, you know, that's for another podcast. But I appreciate the question. Yeah, he's I, on vacation, so I appreciate the question. Oh, he's really on vacation. Oh, babes. Mm-hmm. Good job out of you. That's great. Mm-hmm. Hope you have a good trip vacation. Um, yeah, I know that if you were going to write that list, number one would be get out of baseball. <laughs> number yeah, one, that'd be number one. Leave. <laughs> Leave. That'd be number Pretty one. Pretty sure that would have been your list. Like, <laughs> but there's a lot of things. Like the other night, I'm watching the Yankees and I'm cooking dinner. Yeah. And I'm able to run back and forth from my kitchen to the TV without missing a pitch. Put in a pitch clock. You implement a pitch clock, and the game will flow a lot quicker. There's no question. A lot quicker. I mean, it, it's simple. It's not not the intentional walk. You don't have to throw a pitch. Not the three batter minimum. Not the stupid second base rule. You want the game to have a better flow. Implement a pitch clock. It'll the game will flow a lot better. I promise you, and we've known that for years. It's been something we've talked about on I, Twitter, on the board, on podcasts for years. It's so funny how how basic that sounds, and yet people are so reluctant to do it. It's just yeah, hilarious. It's, it's hilarious. It's it just, just it's not do, that simple. I mean, there's no reason why a pitcher needs to take 45 seconds no, to a minute before no, that's a pitch. Bullshit. No reason. No, and then the batters too. Like, well, I got to be ready. Well, fuck you. Stepping get, out. Get, give me a yeah. break. Give me a break. Gotta get ready. My ass. Like. Then work. You will adjust to it. I promise you. I'm sure people had this Manfred question. wants. He wants to, in the minors. He's made. And another thing they have to do is they have to fix umpiring. I mean, Dave, it's it's egregious at this point. I mean, every so, game you watch, the strike zone changes every other inning. Um, the review reviews are a joke. Um, there's there's a, con- a a major controversy every week with an yeah. umpire call that's just so egregious that you can't believe they had to fix the umpiring and nobody's held accountable. That's so the biggest thing. Yeah. When when the home plate umpire or the third base umpire makes it a horrible decision or you know it's a joke and it's all over Twitter, it's all all over social media, they're behind the plate the next night or they're they're umpiring first base the next night. There's no accountability, zero. So when these guys make a mistake, sure they look like a horse's ass, but people forget about it. There's no accountability there. There's none. I follow all these umpire accounts on Twitter that show how bad these umpires are every night. They have to fix that. I mean, it's a joke. You want to take baseball serious, fix the umpire. It's a joke. There's so many different things that Rob Anford wants to make a bigger base. He wants to do all these crazy things. There are simple fixes that can make baseball so much better. And it drives me crazy that this senile fuck can't do it. Well, you call him senile. I don't think he's that old. But he looks it. <laughs> yeah. He acts it. 
Fair enough. He doesn't know what the hell he's doing, man. Think about the whole Astro scandal. How bad did he handle that? We talked about that last week. He said, I'm not going to, I'm not going to punish the players. They're going to get the punishment from the fans. Two years later, there's barely any fans in the park. I mean, give me a break. Yeah. Well, I, I, we talked about that last week. I mean, there's definitely a degree of he's in over his head. There's no yeah. doubt. Like it, you can say what you will about Bud Selig, but at least he seemed like he had a feel for what he wanted to do. Bud Selig brought baseball back. Whether it was you can closing his eyes to do the steroid stuff, Bud Selig made baseball very popular again. He did. No doubt about it. Think about the home run race. Think about the, the dynasty Yankees. Bud Selig made baseball extremely popular again. Wild card. When I was growing up, whether it was through Wild Little League in high school, baseball was very, very popular. Yeah. Wild card. The wild card is a big part of it, though. I, think. I like wild card was yeah. huge too, and sure. he got killed for it. Remember that? He's like, "Oh my I, god, the wild." I card. like it. I mean, I, I don't. I don't need any more teams. I don't need half the league making it. it. Doesn't need to be the NBA where the regular season doesn't mean anything. But you know, the the wild card, the way they do it now, is fine. Yeah, I, I think that's. A, I think that's well said. So, I think that's about all as far as the questions. Um, is there anything else you want to talk about as far as the league? I know we covered a lot of divisions. We didn't exactly cover the AL West. The Angels are better, but hilariously, they lost 11 to 15 going into that Dodgers series. And all they yeah. needed was the Dodgers, and now all of a sudden they're back Crazy. on the winning ways. I mean, it was. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see what we'll see what they do this week. <laughs> who will the Dodgers oh. lose to next? I think is the next question. Now, who? Well, did... I hear about the like the. It's crazy. Like the other day. You know, obviously, you know, we follow because of fanning stuff, but I see a lot of so much angel stuff. I see like all this stuff about Shea Otani, which he's a, he's a special player. I get it. Mike Trout, one of the greatest players of all time. Um, I see stuff about Rendon. You see like you, you see the angels on social media like they're like a powerhouse. And then you look and they're at the time they were like three games under 500. Like, will they ever get it right? Like, it's crazy. Yeah, that's a great call. Wait, did you say that? Uh, that did you say the Angels were talking about talking up their players? Is that the idea? No, so like it's like social media. So you see accounts like retweet whether it's Trout stats or everybody talks about Otani when he pitches or plays. Like there's so much Otani stuff. Sure. So like without you noting, if you're noticing, if you're not a baseball fan, you would think the Angels are like this powerhouse because they have Trout, they have Otani, they have Rendon. You look at their standings. I looked at it the other day. They're like three games under yeah. five hundred. It's funny. It, it, they really do should be better than they are. But, again, we talked about it last week. The pitching is the biggest thing there. Um, let me spend a little bit more time on the rest of the division, though. Um, and, honestly, I don't have a lot to say. I'll tell you what, though. That, that that Mariner offense is horrible. I can't believe how bad it is. It is. got to bring up Kellenic, man. This, yeah. this this manipulation sucks, which I get. Oh, I know, hate that They're going to bring him up. They're going to bring him up eventually because that, that offense is really falling It is rough. Like, I think Seager like, and maybe, God, who else would be – even Kyle good. Lewis. Oh yeah, Kyle Lewis. Thanks. Uh, yeah. And but no, he, they have, they have to bring up a guy. They have to. So, and they have, you know, they have uh, Julio Rodriguez, who's one of the top prospects in baseball. Yeah. They have obviously Kelnick's one of the top prospects in baseball. So, you know, in the next year or two, they have to bring these guys up and hope they produce, or they're able to start to to build and grow something there. Are they rebuilding in Texas? What do you think? I, I mean, I would assume that they they should. You know, I would assume yeah. so. You know, they lost Kluber, they lost Lynn, they made all those trades. I I, I, I believe so. Yeah. I mean, te- and Texas just went and beat Boston three out of four. Like, I don't think the Red Sox are as good as their record shows. I, I don't. Well, that's exactly what Andy was saying too. Like, I think most Red Sox fans probably think the Red Sox. But are I also gonna... think the I, I also don't think the AL as a whole is great, Dave. I don't think that there's a lot of good teams that's in the interesting. AL. Interesting. Yeah. I don't. Nah, I, no, I mean, I from what I've seen so far, there's a lot I of didn't... parody all over baseball. Yeah. There's a lot of parody all over baseball right now. Yeah, nobody in the AL West really scares me. 
I mean, the Angels have their thing with the Dodgers, but generally speaking, I don't think they scare a lot of teams because their pitching is so so weak generally. No. no. Um, and they and, the, and even though the A's had a good start, I still don't think they scare me even now. Right. And right. same scenario for the. I just brought it up with the the Mariners. Yep. Not much going on there. And no, then the Rangers. And you got the are, Astros. I think I think because I have my other league. I think Fam, Framber. Uh, that might actually be a good team. Should though. be back by June. I think yeah. I think the Astros will be a solid. I think they're going to be good because look, yeah. number one, their 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 offense has looked a lot better. Yeah. What do you call it? Cheating. Fine. I mean, it's good. It's good. It's been and funny enough is that Correa is like batting sixth in the lineup. He's not even yeah, a big part he is. of it. You're right. You're right. The biggest yeah. guys on that team: Altuve, Bregman, and well, Altuve's been terrible. Altuve. I mean, Dave, it's. We can get into this. If you look, so Altuve in 2019, he's a guy that was from second base, had a 131 WRC plus. I think I meant to say Alvarez. <laughs> Not Altuve. Yeah, Al- yeah, Alvarez. Alvarez yeah. is a I monster. Said that I, knew, I knew he yeah. would be. And, he, and yeah. he was after the whole cheating thing. Yeah, yeah. But Altuve, think about this, Dave. You know, a guy, you know, he's been all star. He won MVP in 17. 2019, he's, you know, 130 plus, you know, WRC plus. He had, you know, 31 homers. Um, you know, he was a monster. Ever since that scandal dropped, I think mentally he's been awful. 2020, he had probably one of the worst years of his career, and then he couldn't play defense anymore. This year, he has like a 600 OPS. He hit that one through and home run against the Yankees, whatever. He was awful the whole series. He was terrible. Dave, ever since that scandal dropped, he's been beyond mediocre. And I don't know if it's affected him mentally. I don't know if the cheating helped him that much, but he's been borderline terrible. You look at his numbers from – when the scandal dropped to now, he's been bad, like flat out bad. He, yeah, that's that. I, I, I mean, suddenly 2020 was a real eye opener and how bad he was. He yeah. doesn't and have this his year mojo he hasn't anymore. been great. Nah, sure. Nah, and, and and to to Yankee fans, which I don't, I don't, I get it. He saw my venom would be more. There was all out two bit chance. My venom would be more towards Cray and Bregman. Number two, they're. Two of the most punchable faces in baseball. I can't stand Bregman. I can't stand Correa. And they were the two most cocky ones. Altuve really wasn't the guy that was coming out and saying a lot. You know, when they – because people were accusing the Astros of this prior to them getting caught. I remember Hinch and Correa being at the at the podium, being snarky and braggadocious. I don't remember that from, from, from Altuve as much. Those two – were and obviously you know Correa ripping a WWE promo every time he's talked about this cheating scandal. The joke. Those two, I thought, should have got a lot more venom from the fans than they did. It was all on Altuve for the most part. And me being a knowledgeable, rational fan, yes, Altuve's a cheater as well. I understand he stole MVP from Judge, which Judge should have won anyway without the cheating. Um, but Bregman and Correa, I can't stand more than Altuve. You know, I, I, I'm surprised that the fans kind of you know look don't look past that. Hmm. Fair points all the way around. So, with all that said, the answers are in the thick, and they're probably going to win that division. To be honest, like I don't really see anyone else taking over there. So we'll see. They're still um, a solid team. They're still a solid yeah, team. Absolutely, absolutely. Even we talked about it last week. They they lost George Springer, who's just a really really interesting top of the line order bat. Mm-hmm. I don't think he bats top of the order in Toronto, but he did, he's still going to end up being. He did prior to getting hurt. I think he did. Oh, so he's still I, I doing the top wrong. of the. Well, yeah, because I, I, be I wouldn't wrong. know. I thought I in spring training he did. I thought in oh, okay, spring okay. training he did. So I haven't seen him there in so long, so I, I don't remember. That's a good. That's, it'll be he interesting to watch. I, 
It w- I mean, that's where he was in Houston for a long time. So it was. Oh, be- and he was he was he was big there because he could yeah. start off a playoff game or game with a with a with a homer, and yeah. that, that could really set the tone, which DJ would do for us. So yep. yeah, I mean, he was he was a really really good leadoff hitter there. But yep. we definitely we got to do this again midday. We got we got to get the room filled with more questions. I like that. Uh, one we did get we have one more question though before we go. Let's hear it. What is the board from Rick Volk twenty one? From who? Rick Volk twenty one. The board is the board. The board is the board indeed. Yep. Guys, thank you very much for, for tuning in, everybody. Um, sorry we didn't have any more questions for you guys, but uh, if you do ever have a question for us the rest of the way, we'll be back at sometime in the near future. I'm not sure exactly when, but we'll, we'll keep in touch with you guys. This has been a lot we'll of fun. We'll jump on here next week, midday, and see if we can fill the room Do again. a midday one? Okay. Yeah, I mean, last yeah. time it was everybody was on, you know? I like it. I like it. So. Well, thanks for having me on, Dave. It was on this off night. I wanted to talk some baseball. It was great. Um, we'll definitely get together again next week. I mean, it's up to you. You want to do the weekly thing, bi-weekly thing. I'm always open to talking to baseball with you. You know that. Uh, one more thing. When's your next podcast, the LGY pod? So I wa- I actually wanted – I got super busy today. I wanted to do one You know, as soon as I woke up this morning prior to work. So I'm hoping I can do one tomorrow morning early prior to the start of the series. So check out that, the LGY pod. Follow me on Twitter at GoDJ2. I've been getting, you know, a bunch of followers lately. I, I think, you know, when I started really, you know, getting into the Yankee Twitter, I only had like 300 followers. Now I have, mm-hmm. you know, over 1,200. So it's Dude. been, been great. Yeah, it's been great conversating That's with the great. fans about baseball. It's awesome, man. It's awesome. It's, you know, I, you know me, I follow baseball 365 days sure. a year. So it's great to have, you know, a bunch of followers, whether I agree, disagree. It's good to talk baseball, you know, all, all year round. So, Cap, I just got a shout out from our friend Ari in Philadelphia. Oh, that's chat. my guy, man. I miss him. I miss, I miss talking you, baseball man. with him, too. We we can't wait to get you back whenever you can, but we're glad to hear from you, Ari. I would love to get him on one of these pods, man. I miss, I miss talking baseball with him. He's great. It's he's, been a while since we've all gotten – this is the trio that we always talk baseball. So, uh, so good. Well, well, I hope not – one of these days I think we can do it. But, Ari, but Shout out Ari, man. All shout right. him out. You the man. Thank you so much for, for, for tuning in. So, guys, uh, that, that I say that to the rest of you. Jer, have a great rest of your week. We'll catch you soon, yeah? Thank you, bud. Have All a right. good one. You too. All right, take care. That's Jerry and Piscatter. How about that? Good stuff. Um, so thank you again, everybody, for tuning in, everyone. This has been a really fun show. Um, I, I do want to thank you um, for your questions as well, those of you who sent them in. Uh, good job at all of you. If you have any more questions for us, just send them in. Continue to send them in. Um, and if you want to keep in touch with us during the course of the week, you can call, follow us at Ditcal or on the Twitter that's where we'll be. You can also find us on Facebook. Look for Dave in the City Out West. Same thing for the Apple Podcast. If you haven't subscribed to us yet, uh, we will be there. So uh, once again, my name is Dave Medina. I hope, I'm glad you've had a chance to tune into all this with us. Um, we'll keep you in the in the know with the baseball and other other sports uh, throughout the rest of the spring. We have one more week of the regular season NBA basketball. Very happy about that. And we're hopeful to get some coverage on the NBA playoffs before too long as well. So that's it for now. Thanks very much for, for watching. Um, if you, and and, and if you want to check our last few episodes with Jer and anything else we've done on the program, you can look for us over at ditcow.com as well. And that should close up everything. Um, thanks again, everyone have a, have a great rest of your week. Hope you enjoy baseball throughout the throughout the week and all the other sports. And we'll see you next time. (laughs) 